Wow, they really <laughs> didn't like that. <laughs> that was all of our content. Yeah. That is not all of our content. It must be a Monday. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody's got a bad case of the Mondays. Just sit down, Garfield. <laughs> Hey, nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> my dog cough. <laughs> Morning. Welcome Megan's to Tone Feed the Artists. I'm Megan. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson. That was a weird, uh, I contorted my face while I performed my name. Is that, is that what you call it? <laughs> well, you performed your name? Yep. Dave got it. Let's <laughs> just spit my beer out everywhere. <laughs> what a good start. Spit it out, man. Uh, <laughs> I like the noises that it makes. Yeah. Um, why are we here? Adam, why are we here? Uh, Lord has a new album that came out, and uh, we're here to talk about how uh, how great it is, right? Lord's Butt has a new album. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. That is a bold album cover, by the it way. It couldn't yeah. even be shown on Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Yeah, I did see. Which I feels like kind of bullshit to me. I think they probably could have, but. Yeah, it feels like that Strokes album, Is This It? The They have the alternate uh, cover. Yeah, like not shock like image for that value but like yeah. oh we can't talk about the cover sorry guys you gotta go look it up online like marketing kind of thing it, i don't it, know if that's the case but it feels like that in preparation for this episode like i had that i was listening to that album a lot and i had it just pulled up like i would open my phone and it would be pulled up and i opened it at work and i was like shit gotta put yeah. that down <laughs> yep gotta put that away that is not safe for work fuck for people who don't know it's lord's newest album cover is a picture that was taken by her friend i believe and it's her jumping over the camera in a bikini it, it's, it's like, like a thong bikini though yeah, so, it's, so like, it's like her butt it is it is very obvious it is like wow uh, Jesus. and she said like hey if you got it flaunt it I, there was a it's brave an, another podcast i was listening to that was talking about this when she first posted that with the album art and one of the hosts was like do you guys zoom in <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> can't believe somebody would ask that <laughs> made me oh. laugh that's for sure <laughs> yeah yep all right <laughs> well we're here to talk about lord i don't know how old she is but she's very young she was born in 96 okay cool i was born in 94 Thanks. i was born in 92 cool 89 we're just all gonna dox ourselves now huh that's that's kind of doxing yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was born in 94, so I'm the closest to her age, so she can make me feel very bad about where I'm at. Uh, I think she's 26 now. Yeah. Or 20. I'm 26. <laughs> she's 24. Yeah. Jesus. What the fuck, Dave? Yeah, come on, Dave. It, <laughs> Full stop. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't do your research, huh? No, I did. I wrote it down wrong. I think she turns, <laughs> she turns 24 in November. All right. So she's very young, and, and she's but already on her third album. Yeah, she's already on her third album, all of which have had, uh, you know, acclaim, and they're all, you know, big albums in their own right. Especially the first two are huge albums, and we're going to talk about all three of them. Did anybody listen to the original EP? No, no, me neither. Nope. Uh, what I understand, uh, does anybody have her name pulled up? I know it's Ella. Ella Marija Lani Yelich O'Connor. No, oh, and by the way, Dave, I did watch the Hot Ones interview, and I thought I, I do really like Hot Ones. Um, and I watched it, and I was like, "This is so boring," because she handles it so well. The only one she doesn't even trip up on it. She gets to the bomb and just goes, "That's pretty hot," and that's it. She doesn't trip up. She just yeah, answers awesome. the questions. And I love that. It's, it's really like it's 
like amazing but that being said it's a very boring interview because it's like ah this isn't fun you're not tripping up at all yeah yeah so she's uh so her name is insane and she is i believe um uh, irish and croatian yes she's from new zealand her mom is the poet was a poet laureate of new zealand which is super cool yeah and her dad was a is a civil engineer yeah i think that's it and so basically and you know we'll skim through a lot but she uh was encouraged to listen and read a ton of different uh genres of music and read a ton of different types of material uh by her parents and because of that uh that's she attributes you know that that's helped her with her songwriting a lot and from what i understand she basically uh showed that she wanted to um you know do music and she did like a uh talent show and was discovered by universal music group the new zealand branch yeah so she basically like the dream she she went to these like gifted schools and uh within one of those gifted schools she like made friends with somebody they started like a little duo they were like performing on like morning television and then yeah there's like recordings of all this where like that can only happen in a small island nation like new zealand yeah and then she uh, joined like basically like the school I guess like the school had like a band not like a school band but like like a rock band sort of thing and she joined that there was a battle of the bands which and, there's video of yeah and, and she won right you no know, they got third fuck <laughs> um, but she won yeah yeah I mean she won <laughs> she definitely won <laughs> but so but so then after that yeah she was she was approached by Universal um, and uh, basically like got started getting like voice lessons and like started to form her sound and like what she was looking for and that's like like you said she started reading like all these like short like fiction novels and these short stories to like get an idea of how to write stuff and from what i understand that there was basically like she was discovered by universal music group umg um but pretty early too yeah like, like well think, before her first album or the eps came i think out. it was, was like 13 th- yeah. yeah 13 and i think there was like two or three years where they basically as hagan said they got her a vocal coach they were trying to find her sound they were trying to find her image much like billy eilish how they had that discussion of like okay what's your image that kind of thing um and apparently they were having a lot of difficulties finding a producer for her to work with that she really gelled with or getting her to fe- feature uh, with certain artists, that kind of thing. And so what ended up happening is in that time, she just started writing music. And they, I forget the guy's name, but she got uh, put together with this guy, uh, a producer, and it they gelled. And that's the guy who she worked with. Joel Little. Yeah, Joel Little is the person they basically, I think it was like in two weeks, wrote and recorded her um, uh, initial EP, which had Royals on it. As far as I'm aware, none of the other songs were featured on any other uh, albums, unless maybe it was deluxe editions or, you know, Japanese bonus yeah, it tracks. Was, it was it was just Royals. Yeah, because the thing is that she knew that she wanted to write the songs a lot on her own, and she didn't want to just get paired with a producer that would like feed her songs and and take over. Essentially, she wanted to have a lot more control with it. I watched a video, and I don't know how accurate this is, but apparently she doesn't like. Often she doesn't write songs like on instruments. She can play instruments, but that she predominantly will write them vocally. So she'll fully form it as a, a vocalist, which like I don't get how people do that. Uh, like for me, I have to have like some type of guide, like a piano or a, 
guitar well, she anything. Has, she has synesthesia. Of course she does. Of so course she does. That, that that makes a lot of sense as to how she can get there. And there's also some people who just have ears like that, who can just hear things in their head and just kind of go off of it. But she does have synesthesia. Yeah. So they released that EP, and Royals obviously gets some traction, a lot of tra- traction. And then they pretty much get greenlit to uh, do her first album, Pure Heroin, which came out in, what, 2013? September 27th. 2013 all right so that uh, we we find ourselves in pure heroin uh territory (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) Um, nice man (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) so i you know i remember this coming out this was my senior year of high school and that was very much this is going to be a theme for me on this album particularly uh this was in my, I had just gotten into Radiohead, and I was so edgy, if you touch me, you would fucking cut yourself. I was way too edgy for my own good. It was one of those things of just like, oh, I won't listen to pop music. And like, man, I just, at least on this first album, I completely am mad at my past self for doing that because I really cheated myself out of what I think is a pretty great album. I only knew Royals. Yeah, of course I, I knew. I, uh, and same. I th- what were the singles on this one? Royals, Tennis Court, Team, and Glory and Gore. See, you probably knew Team. Yeah, I had heard I'd heard some of these, enough of them at least, but Actually, I had never was, like listened to the whole album. Like, I think I'm it was sure. Tennis Court that I heard. Oh, okay. But team that's the team was problem. huge also. Team mm-hmm. was like, I, I, I knew Royals and Team really well. Um, I think I think this album is really, really good for a first album. Yep. I think that's, I, I, throughout my listens of this and remembering what it was like when this album came out, I was like, this this is a this is really indicative of a first album, but it's really good for a first album. And so, what is she like? Fifteen at this point? Sixteen? Uh, yeah, about. She was seventeen when it came out. So. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. For me, I don't. Th- of course, I don't think it's perfect. But like, there are. You know, it starts out with uh, tennis court, which kind of has that cool. It sounds like it's going back and forth. Uh, the I guess the beat, and um. Really, I don't think this, like, it, it's hard to really talk about Royals at this point. I think that's always a difficult point is talking about these uh, songs that are so massive. Because I do really feel like that song changed pop for a little while. There's these artists that come out or these songs that come out that as soon as they hear it, you see a bunch of clones come after that. And I very much believe that, like, Royals is responsible for a lot of Lord clones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Lord for a sec. Let's talk about Royals for a second, because I got a question for you. Uh, so today's game is Lord and other celebrities. So Royals is a, is a shot against celebrity lifestyle, right? It's basically like a, a teenager being like, "What the fuck? Why do people live this way?" Um, but there was a specific celebrity, uh, specific mu- musical duo that inspired uh, this a lot. Uh, and there was a specific album that also inspired this writing. Now, what musical duo was it? A. Daft Punk. B. Outkast. C. Tegan and Sarah. D. Kanye and Jay Z. I think I know it. I'll go last. I think I know it too. I feel like I, I feel pretty good about picking D. I think that's it. D. D. It is. What album? It's the uh, Watch the Throne. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I'm gonna say that part I wouldn't know. Yeah, but. yeah. It's the Watch the Throne. So she said, uh, "I really enjoyed it." Um, she said, "I can get absorbed in Kanye's world, but a part of me is always like, this is kind of, uh, uh, I guess this is kind of shit." 
uh, all the crazy extravagances he's talking about. And I started listening to a lot more top 40 music and realized a lot of the stuff isn't very relatable to anyone's lives. Especially not for anyone in New Zealand. Yeah. Like the most famous person is uh, Peter Jackson. And like he's not living that lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And even then, like she's in high school at this point. It's hard to relate to however old Kanye was at that point being like a megastar. And having, like, any sense of, like, oh, I understand this. Well, and like, it's interesting because a lot of teens, like, listen to that and, like, aspire for that lifestyle. It's not relatable, but they're right. like, I want it's, that. It's a different way of listening and to she's, it, though. Yeah, yeah, she's listening to it going, like, what the fuck? Who in there? Who the fuck is like this? I feel like I really – and once again, I feel like I cheated myself out of, like, a great experience to jump into pop music a lot sooner than I did in my life. Um, be, and this album could have been that for me. But – I really feel like this album was like written for someone like me, especially you guys know me. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm just not super like, I like hanging out. It's like pure heroin. Yeah. I love pure heroin. (laughs) Uh, But you guys know me. I I, I like hanging out and having a good time, but I don't like, I don't partake in anything. I'm not particularly against it, but this album feels very much and not just Royals. Like there's a ton of songs that deal with this, this very like, I'm so burnt out with this, like, idealized lifestyle i don't want to do this anymore like a, oh you know ah, i fell asleep on the floor last night that kind of stuff i remember like in high school very much trying to be part of that like getting drunk and doing stuff like that and then really not having a good time in fact like pushing myself to like panic attacks just because i was like well all my other friends are having a good time i'm just gonna keep doing this and if i had listened to this album and really like let it settle in on me i probably would have been a more confident person sooner because of that so i, I really like fuck you younger jackson for that <laughs> <laughs> but she she said that she wrote the lyrics to this song in half an hour yeah and so it's like she clearly already knew what she wanted to say on this record i do know that she said she wanted to be not a concept record but really cohesive and i think it, it's reflected in the way the song sound um but even as soon as we hear tennis court all the way through straight to Royals, it's like she's trying to make a comment on she can feel that something's going to change. She's going to probably be famous, and she's wants to resist that lifestyle, even though she knows she's going to be a part of it. Yeah, I think I think where you where you are right there on the on the track list is really huge because like the first couple songs, I was like, so I know Tennis Court, I know Royals, and I'm like, ugh, this is good, but this sounds like Royals, and then you get to Royals, and it's like, there we go. And then ribs happens, and I'm like, and I'm fucking sold. Yep. Ribs, ribs is a fucking great song. There's the trio in the middle, ribs, buzzcut season, and team. For me, I think that's like a real special trio. The middle of this yeah. album for me is just like, that's what sold me on this. I, I remember I was just like you, where I'm like, yep, this sounds like what I thought it was going to. And then I was driving home from last week's podcast, and mm-hmm. like ribs went on i was like dude this is really nice this is a pop song but it's also really somber it doesn't like it doesn't have a big drop or anything all these songs are a lot slower bpm and then like buzz cut season and then team is so big and i was like ah it was such a good release after this like trio i'm like i i had this i had a similar thing i was driving to a gig i didn't want to drive to and i was like i thought it was closer to me than it was i realized i had to drive longer i'm like fuck i guess i can listen to two lord records on this drive yeah cuz they're short <laughs> we didn't mention yeah. this is like a 35 it's 35 minutes yeah. it's the shortest of the three and so very so easy i put it on and i'm like these three in a row i'm like fuck is this is this record just just this royals vibe the whole yeah. way cuz you could totally imagine a case where it's like just a half hour of 
royals and other songs well, that I mean, are basically the same. Well, we've experienced that with pop records. I mean, yeah. like not not to not to give the big like the greatest example, but like Britney Spears. Oh my god. Those records are her singles. It's just yeah. like replications yeah. of the singles instead of like here's other songs where I mean like she's so young and intentionally writing things a specific way. Well, and a lot of it is that she has enough of an appeal in the more artistic side of writing pop music that she has the she could take a lot of liberties on this first record to to not be as accessible and it feels like part of it is they even though a lot of the songs are loops they're just the same kind of track beat played over and over again she is still doing different things with textures yeah so yeah. I, I liked uh ribs buzz cut season and team but i found myself starting to get a little burnt out by that point mm-hmm. i want to say something about team um, there's a lyric in there where she says, I'm kind of over getting told to throw my hands up in the air. So there. And so there. Uh, it's a criticism on the people think it's about the Teo Cruz song Dynamite that goes, I throw my hands up in the air sometimes. And uh, Bonnie McGee was the person who wrote that lyric and said when she heard that Lord song that I was insulted by that. Definitely. Man, th- people get insulted by Lord a lot. That's it's hilarious. Weird. It's I was fucking say, there's weird. kind of a trend she's of a future kid. things. Exactly. She's a fucking yeah. child. Give her a, cut her some slack. I would understand if like twenty four year old Lord was like, Man, fuck you for telling me to do this. I get that. Maybe at that point you can take it a little personally. Yeah. It's a kid. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I was a little burnt out, um, but uh, especially because I know teams, so that didn't really do anything for me. Um, but then. Oh, man, the, that drop, though. Like, I didn't know it very well. That yeah. went, it's, it's a great song. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, ooh, yes. Yeah. I'm going to throw my hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really good song. It just, for me, it was it was like, okay, I know this one really well. So By the whatever. way, do you all know the lyrics? She says that. da 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 I, I tried, like, I was sitting there trying to listen to it, like, what is she saying? But it's like, uh, what she's saying is, send the call out. But it, it's in a weird, and, and this is what I think is so cool about this music. Isn't it and the call-out send? Yeah, the call-out call send. So yeah. she starts in the middle of a phrase, and I was like, what pop music does that? That's really, and like, it's smart to, like, rhythmically say, like, this is what I want to say, but I want it rhythmically to, to work. So she just starts with the call-out send, the call-out send. That's so cool. It's but, funny that, that you bring that up and, and we talk about her phrasing because I found I wrote in 400 Lux, it seems I felt that she was trying to fit too many lyrics into that song. And sometimes when you read the lyric, it's like, oh, really? That's how you fit all that in? But I'll say that this is a clear, a, like a clear tie back to the fact that her mom is a poet and that like she was reading so much like literature to try to get to try to like like get better at writing so to phrase your lyrics in that way is like okay this is clearly like you've been inspired by reading a lot um it's instead of just like thinking musically and rhythmically it's more about i'm actually reading shit that like like poetry or 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 fiction that has interesting phrasing to it i think most lyricists they have like this idea they write it whether it's a voice memo or whatever they write it down on a piece of paper um they have this ideal of like this is what i want to say and then you got to fit it into whatever it is a pop song or whatever it may be and what separates the uh the professionals from the i would say not professionals i'm trying to be nice to them uh (laughs) there's the connor oberst of these world where i I really like connor oberst but it's very clear sometimes that like what he's bringing to the table is first draft because he has this mindset of a folk singer that's like first draft best draft but I think there are people like Phoebe Bridgers or Lord who 
take that first draft and they're like, this is really good. We can make it better. Yeah. Is that really the final cut? No, it's not. Which is crazy because again, she's so fucking young. So yeah. have to have that kind of yeah, and thought. it's her first full album, so it's interesting that she's making decisions like that and yep. cutting things up differently instead of just doing like the normal. I here's the song and I did the normal thing. Like, yeah. let's hope it gets popular. Like, uh, I really liked the end of the album. A world alone is awesome. I thought that was a really great song. White teeth teen is like another one of those. It feels like it's trying to be like a team or like it's yeah. trying to be the that one didn't hit the same highs but it's good yeah yeah but i, d- I do feel the closing track is like a fitting end for me that the album picked up again it's still same because um i read somewhere that it was a ballad before i heard it and i was like okay it's gonna be a ballad but all the songs up to that point because they started to seem repetitive and i was getting tired of the loops uh the ballad quote unquote was actually really sparse and they used the space a lot differently than they had been up to this point. So I was like, oh, I'm reinterested into this. And then the rest of it was just like, cool, this is good. I yeah. don't know if I've ever said this, but like, I think the perfect album length is 10 songs. I think it's not too long and it's not too short. Like it's enough to like justify like I could buy this on vinyl and feel like I'm if I had to pay 30 bucks for it, I would feel like, yep, that that's worth that $30. But then also like time wise. Like I don't like I feel like I can really develop a relationship with this. In Rainbows is my always my example. Ten songs. I think that's the perfect amount. I think while I don't think this is a perfect album, I think ten songs is like it's great. It's a great introduction. It does feel like it's a full album, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome. Yeah, I would I I would fully agree with with it's like it's it it, it feels really worth it when you've listened to the whole thing. Yeah, and it, it doesn't feel over like produced or developed either. Which yeah. you might think would be the case if you look at when she was signed to, you know, Universal, for example. You go, well, they they probably overproduced the crap out of this and yeah. been sitting around for five years with, you know, professionals doing everything. But it's very much it's like very like genuine too. Yes. but like maybe even less. And it does feel similar where like it, it's just the two of them, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think they had someone ma- master it and someone else mixed it, which is mixed incredible. It. Yeah. They did, and, and I think she had a lot to do with the decision making, which is what I think I've said that earlier. But and the fact that she said she wanted a cohesive record, I think she nailed it. But I think sometimes how consistent and cohesive it was was a detriment to it, because I was able to gloss over at some points and and kind of get bored. Yeah, yeah. totally. But yeah. I do think if I gave it more listens, it would they, each song would take on more of a character. Yeah, I, I don't always do this for deep dives, but. I do know that this is an album I'm going to listen to after once we're done with this episode and we it's a wrap. I am going to definitely keep listening to Pure Heroin. Yeah, for sure. What's interesting is that um, a lot of reviewers were like meh on it. Yeah, uh, be it like one of the, one of the quotes that I that I liked was just it was called aggressively okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so okay with that if somebody was like, "Hey, good show." It was aggressively okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, I I think that one, you know, I think reviewers always have to take things without without like all the other like not, without remembering that she's a kid. You know, they can't they can't use that as like, okay, we're gonna review this because a kid wrote it. You know, they have to remember that it's just music and they're gonna review it this way. Um, but it's like it, it does come across aggressively okay at points. But I do think for a first record and for how old she is, like it's just it's just really good. Yeah. Like there's just it's 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 so hard to have a good first record, you know. Well, and wh- I'm glad that we did this because when I listened to when Royals was really popular, I was so tired of of that singing style, 
mm-hmm. the way that she sings. Uh, I was actually very shocked to learn that she had taken vocal lessons for a solid year. Yeah. Because the diction is, uh, and what is there a word for that? For diction? No, no. The way that Lord <laughs> sings. Uh, what do you mean? Just like I don't know. It's kind of nasally. It's loud. Oh, I mean. It, oh it, man, just wait till we get to the next album. No, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, uh, it, it's just kind of overdoing like your vowels and stuff. Yeah. But it's like. I think for her it's very intentional because there's a lot of people who just don't know how to like approach a vowel. Well, Billy um, Joe Armstrong from Green Day is very similar to this, where it, he like he has a very specific vowel, yeah, yeah but or, he doesn't does, talk like that. It does Tom feel DeLong. a little bit like exaggerated yeah. though. But that so if, especially as the time goes on. When I was a kid, I was like, man, I can't stand this. But listening to the full record, I've got over that really quickly. She does, she does, she does what's called a diphthong. So that's like where you have that's like. A, you have you have two vowel sounds in one thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you laugh at just the word diphthong? No, <laughs> I'm laughing at two vowel sounds in one in the space of one syllable. It's called a diphthong. A diphthong. Yeah, the that's fine. Okay. I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> a diphthong's like when you see like that. Like I'm sure most of us have seen it, but like an A and an E together, right? Mm-hmm. Smashed together. Like that's I don't know schwa. if that's actually the name of it, but it's that's no. the same concept. Well, a diphthong, uh, well, because because that because an A and E smashed together is one vowel sound. Yeah. Okay. But like a diphthong. <laughs> yeah, the A, the A E smashed together is I. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a diphthong is like when you're like intentionally like going like loud, right? Yeah, loud. And Hagen is available for vocal lessons for any of our. This is our first ad. I was gonna say, are we sponsored? Anybody, anybody got anything else about pure heroin? Uh, no, no. Um, I, I just, I just think it's, it, it's. If you haven't listened to the full thing and you just know Royals and Team, like you should definitely just listen. Yeah, to the you whole should thing. go listen to it. It's cool. It's, yeah. it's not just Royals for half an hour. Yeah, no, at least not. listen to that trio in the middle, ribs mm-hmm. to Team. I think there's something super special about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we move on, Lord and other celebrities, what band was she asked to sing lead for? It's a known band. A, Queen. B, Nirvana. C, Soundgarden. D, Metallica. I'm going to pick Queen because I'd like to see that happen. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's Nirvana. It's, it is. it's Nirvana or Metallica? It is indeed Nirvana. Uh, she sang with them at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What this is where this is where we start that whole Dave Grohl is the arbiter, the ge- gatekeeper, the gatekeeper of, to everything. Cool. Of like dads being able to say, <laughs> "I like pop music," because yeah. he said this about Lord. Yeah. He said this about Billie Eilish. He said he said like a similar thing that he said about Billie Eilish. He yeah. said there's something about her that represented or resembled the Nirvana aesthetic. She has an amazing future of, ahead of her as a writer, performer, and vocalist. Now, here's the thing. Iggy Azalea, Iggy Azalea. Do you remember her? Do you remember Iggy Azalea? Remember anyone? Is that your Iggy impression? <laughs> so Iggy, give me a beat. <laughs> I don't remember that part of Iggy, but I also, I also put in my notes remember her because I don't remember her very well. Iggy is. Yeah, um, she's the one who introduced me to Charlie XCX. So oh, okay. thank you, Iggy Azalea. She's well, the one who sings "I'm so fancy." Oh, that's you already right. yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. in the chorus. That's Charlie XCX. Yeah, good um, job saying Charlie XCX and then Iggy Azalea like immediately. I can say Charlie XCX all day. I love Charlie XCX. Let's do that. 
Charlie XCX. Fuck. Help, I'm stuck. Um, so Iggy Azalea thought that the, the performance was inappropriate, uh, thought that they should have asked a peer of Kurt Cobain's, and Lord is not a peer. I'm pretty sure they did. They asked Dave Grohl, is this good? <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Like, they should have had... No, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, they should have had uh, somebody who is a peer of Kurt's to perform in Kurt's place. What, like the guy from the Melvins? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think most of Kurt's friends are dead, too. <laughs> yeah, and I also, think I think if, if people were allowed to pick his replacement, it's probably the remaining members of the band. Yeah, We, we exactly. all just wanted Courtney Love up there. We all, we can say it. Dave, you can say it. No, I Dave, can't. Dave, you can say it. You can. It. Awesome, man. That was great. <laughs> What 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 gave Iggy Azalea the the right? What gives you the right, Iggy Azalea? I don't. That's the thing is, I'm like, I don't understand why people are so like like aggressive towards things that Lord does. It's like it's not that big of a deal. Like someone asked Lord to do it. Iggy said in the quote, "I don't care if the performance was good. Uh, it, it it doesn't matter. They should ask a peer of Kurtz." Iggy Azalea is Australian, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And oh, that's the problem. Uh, there it is. I got it. Ding, ding, ding. It's the classic who's shagging sheep. Is it New Zealand or is it Australia? <laughs> is that a classic thing? Yeah. They fight amongst each other. They say, no, you're the one who shags sheep. And they say, all right, I'm not the one who shags sheep. You're the one who shags sheep, mate. I need, I, Jackson <laughs> listens to a lot of uh, Australian podcasts, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and oh, exclusively, I only listen to Australian I podcasts. Think, I think I need a little bit more of that accent, too. That was really special. No. Oh man! <laughs> Can I do it in the Iggy Azalea voice? Yeah, yeah, please, please. No. I, it's just gonna be me doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's that's. I figured that one out. Move on. You, yeah, we nailed it. My God. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs> that's the whole thing. For part two, where we talk about melodrama. <laughs> All right. So, um, moving on into melodrama, which came out, um, you know. Four years later, uh, I don't know if exactly to the June sixteenth, twenty seventeen, and you said September, so just yeah. a little under four years later, which is kind of more that organic time frame that I would say, especially when you're talking about she's a kid. Like I'm sure she was uh, just like touring like a motherfucker, and and she and she started writing this album in December of twenty thirteen. So like not not a, f- a few months after pure heroin comes out she starts writing melodrama yeah and so on this this is where you get her who she now collaborate collaborates with frequently outside of the lord moniker she collaborates with jack antonoff which everybody knows jack antonoff mega like super high demand producer is known for the band fun is known for the band uh bleachers and he has worked with claro taylor swift uh lord and then lana del rey and i know he's worked with i think chromio as well but he works like he's just one of those guys who he's just constantly working or at least he gives off that impression especially the last like five to ten years he's been like the go-to guy for this type of sound in a way i think he's won two or three grammys for his production uh credits all that kind of stuff just like this this is the guy Uh, it's like him charlie xcx and i think ryan tedder are the people who like in my mind, have broken the code. They know how to write music. They've figured it out somehow. And Greg Kirsten. I would put him in that too. Yeah. Um, it's funny to me to look at the the first record has two producers, and then this second record has Lord. She's credited on all three records as a producer and writer. Lord, Jack Antonoff, Frank Dukes, Melee or Malay, uh, Joe Little, who's the guy from the first record, Andrew Wyatt. 
as well. So there's a lot more. It's like the labels are like, fuck, we got to do something. I mean, and that 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 was the organic yeah. next move. That happens all the time. And for most people, like, this is the album that, like, oh, Lord has cemented her legacy of, like, uh, you know, she's a pitchfork sweetheart. People are like, this is a pop masterpiece. I had never listened to this album because, once again, I was too edgy for my own good. So I had never listened to it. And I remember people always talking about, like, uh you know we didn't the the common joke you can hear is like oh you know lord didn't give us melodrama for us to act like this as a human race that kind of stuff so like people really hold this in high regard <laughs> so I, this was my first time listening to I it i would i would i want to go back because i had a hard time with this because um you call it a pop masterpiece. Yes, that's what people call it. And and i and i i, I wouldn't call it pop. That's a distinction, right? That's what people yeah. call it, not necessarily yeah. what you call it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. The, the, yeah, going back to what he yeah, going yeah. back to what he said. Yeah. Yes. Uh so I, I, I wouldn't call it like a like maybe electro pop or like indie pop. But that's the thing I, I, I was listening to this and I'm like struggling with this isn't a pop record. Like it has like vibes. There's definitely that, like that first song Green Light, like as soon as I remember it started, I was like, I think I know where this is going. Here it comes. Cheesy drum. Do 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 and I was like yeah, it's it, it like has like like I mean it, it starts like that, but of, of, it has parts of being a pop record, but it's not like there's like so that's the first single, and I, I like I love that song, but I was like none of these are singles. This is a she she went out to write a concept record for this one, and like that's that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like, uh, like a pop thing, you know. Yeah, there's definitely a huge jump in the production, so like that's yeah. pretty obvious. Not that the first one was not produced well; it holds up right next to this one. But you can tell that they're like, "Cool, we need to give uh, Lord all the resources she." Yeah, they they clearly needs. threw a lot of money into this. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and that's visible for the producers too. I'm sure to some degree. It's definitely a step up. Uh, I heard Greenlight when it came out, and I was even more annoyed by the the diphthong, thong dip. What's it called? Diphthong. Diphthong. I was even more annoyed by that. I, and I do was like, my makeup and not somebody else's car. Yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the word she says? You're th- such it's a, a sound. damn liar. There's a sound in my mind. She sounds like Moira from um, uh, <laughs> Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. <laughs> my career. Uh, I would. Taven. I would. I would. I think that this record, I, I was less annoyed with her vocals because there was like a it was an aging thing it sounded it, she, she sounded more mature yeah she had more diphthongs in there and stuff like that but a lot of that stuff i mean i i don't know i i, I think that it can be used in a way that can be cool in that setting i don't like them most of the time but that's because i was trained in the classical world but i think that hers worked i think i, th- I thought that she sounded really good on this record i was i wasn't annoyed by like i was i was honestly completely blown away by this album so was i and I, again, I want to say that's just when I first heard Greenlight. Yeah. And when I was younger, I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't like this. But this album completely floored me. I yeah. was listening to it in my office, just like dancing. Adam, you you've listened to this album before, right? Like you yeah. have a relationship. I with this I really album. really like this album. Um, and it's kind of weird because I never went back to listen to her first album after listening to this one completely and liking it a lot. Um, but yeah, pretty much. I guess the first song I heard was probably the opening track because it was a single. It was right? the first single, yeah. And probably heard that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I should give this a shot. It's not all just you know, the same song that I thought the first album was. It turns yeah. out it's not. I don't but know. I, the, so, like, it, it really didn't hit me on Greenlight. Like, that was a bit too poppy for me. That one felt 
I, you know, and I mean, it, it does a good job of getting you into the album, though, going, okay, I know what this is going to be, I think. Personally, I don't understand the pop masterpiece moniker for this. Like, I'm not, like, I'm really happy for all the people who feel how they feel about this album, but I, I just didn't get it. I, I thought it was, like, for me, this took, like, what I really liked in Pure Heroin and, like, we're like, cool, let's scrub away some of that stuff and just throw a lot of pop flash on it and that that really took away from me there there are really cool moments like on sober the second track i don't like the song very much but like i the in the background that like that key that ring it like has this really cool role there's some super cool production elements on it um there's a handful of songs that i really did like though uh the lube was really good i think that's like one of her best songs and then um what was the uh that hard feelings and loveless the uh the kind of like staccato nation is the hard feelings i was like that that's super cool how she attacks that she also they sampled the in the air tonight drum fill to get into loveless i didn't even notice that that. yeah check it out next time you listen to it i Uh, did also really like supercut i think that's probably the best song yeah i was gonna say i think that might be the best song on there yeah i think i agree but i didn't like loveless I was like, this could I could totally go without this song. I I really liked it, and I think it was for that reason of like, oh, this is a half baked song, or not a half baked song. This is a this song doesn't warrant being its own song. So they were like, we want it on the record, but we'll put it there for people who, if they want it, they can get it. But it's not like taking up track list. I liked it. So were, were was it you that saying you want you don't like when there's songs like that on a record about the Billie Eilish stuff? I don't think I said that. It, it really depends oh, on okay. how they do that. Okay. I was the one, like I said, that they should mash the two songs together, the one, the spoken oh, word, yeah, and okay. make it like an eight minutes. Right. Song. So you, yeah. I'm upset. I'm a huge fan of that stuff. Like uh, if there's a song with like 30 minutes of like you know or 30 minutes, sorry, Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, 30 seconds of kind of like you know like some really ambient noise, and then the song starts, I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I love noise. I like that like ambience into the song. If you don't want it, there's radio edits. I yeah, I think they should have left Loveless off. Yeah, because I think it got in the way. It, but Hard. it's a completely different. So it, it, they don't drift into each other. Like it, it is very much. It feels like they just took two songs and they're like, here's 15 seconds of silence, and then here's Loveless. Yeah, uh, I think one of my favorites also was Liability. I thought that was kind of a a sad song, but the the lyrical content could be what makes it part of the pop masterpiece thing. Because on the first record, she was talking about avoiding fame and criticizing fame and coming to grips with her own fame (laughs) and how that's going to change her life. But on this one, I think taking time off between records is a good thing for an artist like Lord because she has a different perspective on things. And was this, she broke up with a longtime boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. She had been dating, uh, the guy she had been dating, I believe she had been dating before pure heroin. Like she had been dating him for a long time. Yeah. And he he cheated on her. And then they broke up, and she's like, all right, motherfucker, here it goes. Yeah, because what is is it on this one where uh, she says that thing of, like, I bet you regret uh, uh, kissing a writer? Yeah, it was writer in the dark. That, I think, like, I really didn't like that. It made me, like, feel very, like, a, ooh. But she said her, she doesn't want it to be considered a breakup album so much as a learning how to be on her own album. So that's why I thought liability. The fact that liability is there, and then they, they she has uh, um, at the end the liability reprise, mm-hmm. where she says like, 
in liability, she's saying, I realize that because of my fame, at some point in every relationship I have, whether it's with my family or uh, romantic partners or anything, I'm going to become a liability to these people. And it kind of sucks and I feel bad, but I'm aware of it and I apologize. And then at the end, when she does the, the reprise, it's, the sentiment is, but I'm okay with that too. And I'm not really a liability. Like, this is just who I am now, and I accept that. Which is why I think that uh, Liability Reprise should have ended the record, and Perfect Places should have been before it. I think they should have swapped. Yeah, and I think that's a great point about the lyrics. And for full clarity and transparency, I did listen to this album like five times. The first time I listened to it, I immediately was like, why do people like this album? Like, I don't like this at all. And I, like... have gotten a lot more into it as I listen to it and like started to understand more. I think I'll give it, I, I need to give this like a break for like a month or two and then I'll probably come back to it and try it again. But I, I, I really want to understand it, especially when it comes to like pop. Like I've, I've always had a hard time getting into pop and then somebody gave me uh, emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen. I was like, yeah, this is a pop masterpiece. And then I listened to this and I was like, ah, I just, I, I don't hear it, but everyone's telling me it. What am I missing? So like, I'm trying really hard. I mean, if how much of that was to do with Jack Antonoff for me, I don't know, but I can't believe how much I love the production on this and listening in headphones was a real treat. Yeah. I, same thing with the Billie oh. Eilish episode. Like I had just some beats headphones, Dr. Dre beats, which I don't normally go to when I'm listening to music, but like, for these first two records, they were perfect for that. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like uh, three out of four of us, uh, we're going to stone Jackson <laughs> with pure heroin. That's what you want, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what you're looking for? You're looking for some pure heroin? Yeah. We got you, man. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll give you a phone number. Mine. One. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just like frantically looking back and forth. Like, I'm really worried. What are we going to do? Give me a game. I want to play. <laughs> you want to play? Please. Okay. Girl gang. Lo- well, there you go. Lord and other celebrities. Lord was lumped into the Taylor Swift squad. Girl gang. Did she like that? True or false? I feel like that's a yes or no. Oh, I'm going to okay. say yeah. no. Okay. You're going to say no, she didn't like it? Uh, I'm going to say Yes. I'll say probably came around to yes. So she didn't really like it. Uh, she she said that being close to someone who is famous is, quote, like having a friend with specific allergies. There are certain places you can't go together, certain things you can't do. <laughs> there are these things. There, there, there are these different sets of considerations within the friendship. It's like having a friend with an autoimmune disease. So, so, oh, my God. <laughs> so then, hold on. What do her friends who have allergies think of this? But like, then, <laughs> I can't, he's like, I'm I sorry, can't I can't anywhere. eat peanuts, yeah. Lord. But then she also said, uh, like the the whole the whole like the whole thing is that like it's not some she she's trying she's trying to say it's not some like big secret cult it's more of just a wide group of friends and sometimes it's like harder to be in those wide group of friends, so she wasn't I, a big fan of being lumped into that. Yeah, I I could see how that would be frustrating, but yeah, that seems like something you shouldn't say out loud, maybe just to your non-girl gang friends. I mean, yeah, like to your friends who which have allergies. Also, I th- realize that- now, like <laughs> calling it the girl gang is probably 
not what they want it to be called. So I'll stop. I apologize. Yes. I wonder if they dubbed themselves the girl gang. That, of course they didn't. They they just think they're friends. Yeah, right. and that's what Lord was saying. Like so, so the first quote came from like 2014 or 2013, like early in her career, uh, early like after the first album, she became friends with Taylor Swift and being was a part of that. And the second quote came later, where she was like, "Listen, I'm not like." This is this isn't some this isn't the girl gang. This is we're just a wide group of friends, and like it's not like we like swore in blood to be a part of this like friend group or anything. Yeah, it, it it's very uh, yeah. I think it, it there's probably a lot of steeped in sexism of how people view that, but yeah, I she is known for being very like I think she gave that lifestyle a try once she got famous of like moving to L.A. and all that kind of stuff, and she is very notable and we'll talk about it on this next album that she's like i live in new zealand that's my thing like yeah. this is where i live well yeah she, during the melodrama era she said that once that breakup happened she got really comfortable um doing that lifestyle and some of the songs on this on this album i think it was writer in the dark she wrote it she said after she woke up in a stranger's bed and felt really empowered about it but it was that whole la lifestyle like going out and partying and being involved in those scenes yeah and you know that that'll get us into this next uh, record, but I, I definitely there were, there was a quote. I think it may have been from the Hot Ones interview, but she kind of talked about you know why she writes for, why she writes pop music, and for her she she thought you know not necessarily because that's what I organically want to like write towards and blah blah blah, but it's more of like she likes the idea of being able to like that is probably the hardest thing. It's easy, she said. It's easy to write towards your niche if you can find your niche but it's probably the hardest thing to write an emotion that you're having and convey it in such a way that everybody can enjoy it and i I think that's like that's probably if you're like me and ever on the fence about pop that's probably what you should think because i think that's a very eloquent way of putting pop music you know it's not easy no absolutely not (laughs) some people make the the point that like oh anybody can make a hit now because it's all in your computer but it's not that easy yeah well you guys want to go into the last album the third and last album to date uh solar power which came out you know as we're talking about this less than a week ago august 20th yeah jinx 2021 uh. so it, it much anticipated <laughs> once again this nothing, is a nothing fo- came from that <laughs> He didn't say what I fucking owe him, so I don't know him shit, yeah. man. Nothing you don't owe me. Just friendship. Ah, bitch. We don't want it. I think I I, I mean <laughs> I, I don't mean, think like, it involved us. I mean like you forgot your wallet the night, so I mean I think, I think you, you, you gave it back to me. What? You gave it back. No, 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 no. That was friendship. You forgot your wallet. At All right, home, well, Lord's then, butt oh, yeah, released yeah. a oh, new album, it, yeah. guys. <laughs> I'll send you that money right now. <laughs> guys it's ten dollars, right? I don't care, man. I'll do it now. Lord's Hold on, Blight. I got a Venmo Hagen. Lord's Blight released a new album. It's called Solar Power. It came out four years later again. Um, after it, also taking a break. Yep. After touring a lot. And she worked with Jack Antonoff again. It's just one of those things where it was highly anticipated. People, you know, she was really famous for pure heroin. Melodrama really said like, okay, it wasn't a fluke. She's really good. Well, it, it was like a critical hit, which yeah. helped. I it, don't know if it actually sold as well as the first album, but... Yeah. Did anybody listen to the singles like that at the lead up towards this album? No. No. Yeah. I, so I did. And that was my first exposure to Lord outside of Royals. And was that a mistake? Oh, man. It was. <laughs> I was like, this is Lord. 
like that first song solar power came out i was like this sounds like a song that was written for uh like disney world's animal kingdom or some shit like that (laughs) this is just weird well i didn't hear it but uh, um when we were doing the preparation for this, I noticed the lyric. I'm kind of prettier. I'm kind of like a prettier Jesus. And I thought somewhere in the universe, John Lennon heard that lyric and thought, be careful, Lord. <laughs> People don't like when you compare yourself to Jesus. Yeah. Well, and, and, then, and then be, he said, then he be said even if it's true, even if it's true. <laughs> uh, can you reach me? No, you can't. <laughs> There's some really like corny spots on this song where what's that song i don't remember which one it is i think it's secrets from a girl who's seen it all where they have that like thank you for flying existential hotline or airlines yeah that that was really corny and weird it it was weird because it felt out of place for this album and her other work as a whole like that hasn't been a thing that i think that was because it happens it was that famous singer robin i think that that's oh that was robin yeah robin fucking is great yeah. she's amazing she's like you want to talk about electro pop uh you know fucking top tier god status it's robin for you yeah and again this album is lord jack antonoff and malay yeah they're the producers I, I the first two songs as i said i had heard solar power and i wasn't super into it california i ended up like the first time i listened to it i was like ah not super into it but then i got really kind of into that false like, ah, that was really nice She's i think that's that's one of the more like catchy songs on yeah. here that yeah. kind of like i don't know like not wears on you in the negative way but in a positive way like you you pick up on it and you go that i like that song well because when she writes something that she sings repetitively she's she's got this ability to write vocal melodies that are interesting enough um harmonically that, or sorry melodically that are still catchy which i think is another really hard thing to do but pretty quickly right away i was like man this uh, this album sounds like it should have come out in the early 2000s. Yeah. And I realize it's because of the drummer that they had on this record. And it was a guy named Matt Chamberlain. And he's oh. a huge studio drummer. He played on Kaleidoscope Heart. Yeah. 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 That was him. Interesting. And it's it the the drum tracks are all like, "Oh my god. Some of these songs could have been hits in the 2000s, and the it, early 2000s." It, it definitely it feels sounds that like way. a album that came out 10 years ago yeah Yeah. easily it's super weird um so then the like right after california you have stone at the nail salon which was the second single which i listened to that and i was like i'm more for this than i am for uh solar power but like it's essentially just like it feels like i would say maybe 70 to 60 percent of this album is just like it sounds like jack antonoff playing a guitar with a phaser effect on and lord singing over it and to its uh you know positive and in its favor, the lyrics are strong everywhere. So Stone at the Nail Salon works out really well there. Talks about like, oh, like the music you like when you're uh, 16 or 15, whatever the lyric is, you'll outgrow, which can be uh, like is very true for everyone. And that that's a weird feeling sometimes when you think about what you were into and how much it meant to you. And now how you're like, oh, I'm not as into that. But then also when you think about, oh, a lot of people were into Lord when they were 15. So that's got to be a weird existential crisis for a 24 year old. Yeah. So and it's one, always there. One of the verses she talks about like miss, not spending enough time with her family. Uh, but my favorite thing that this is my favorite song on the record. And it's because I love when lyricists pose a really cool verse. And then in the chorus or at the end of the verse, like in this, for the, this example, she goes, but then again, maybe I'm just stoned at the nail salon. It's a very Dawes thing. It's a very Dawes thing. Subvert what your audience is expecting. Yeah. But yeah. this one, 
so as soon as I heard it, I think we've talked about this before, but I forgot that we did. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a Phoebe Bridgers song. And, and guess she's who's all it. over this fucking album? Yeah. Phoebe Bridgers. She's like the backing vocalist. It's like her and Claro are the backing vocalists for most of these songs. And now every time I listen to uh, Solar Power, I'm like, yeah, that sounds exactly like those two. It's like uh, we could do a whole bonus episode of talking about all the stuff that Phoebe Bridgers has been on. Like 2020 is the year that the world fell in love with Phoebe Bridgers. So it, yeah. And this is just, and like uh, Lord had been, uh, was quoted as saying like, oh, I still have not met either of them. We just kind of called them up and we're like, can you sing on this song? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But I, I found for me, if are we going to, are we wrapping up this album? Do we have a lot I mean, of that, things to I don't say think about we've it? Said anything that feels about it. quick, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with y'all. I don't think it's that great of an album. It's kind of disappointing, especially after how much I liked the last album. I think, and it really just feels like an album where she's like, "I discovered weed," and you're like, "All right, cool, great." Well, she yeah, she said she wanted I, to call I it. I know an that's acid. like part of it. But well, she said she wanted to call it an acid album, and then she had yeah. a bad experience doing acid. She was like, "Okay, let's call it a weed album." Yeah, and she's she's out doing interviews talking about it as that. And I'm like, I don't care so much for that. It's just like. Uh, it's kind of like it feels kind of lazy in a way that like oh well you know i'm just this is the album where i'm just hanging out and it's like i mean maybe this will make sense more like later on in her career with other things but right now it's like oh this is it like this is kind of where we wound up like not to be too negative because it's like it's still well done everything's all the lyrics are great and like the production is all great but the whole thing is just kind of like oh it's here it definitely left me wanting more i was Mm -hmm. i was left just like Every song I was, it, it, you know, it would, it would reach, you know, the middle of the song or like an apex point And I'm just like, I just, I, I just, I, I can't begin to care. Like, it's cool. Like, I think it's a good album, but I think that it's an album that proves the point of, I think that quarantine albums are not going, are, are not good. It <laughs> for, feels for the, for like a quarantine And album. are well, not, they, probably not going to age well. Yeah. Either. Well, and they, and they, they wrote a lot of it like together, like like over zoom like like you know telecommunicating to each other and so it's a, it's so it's like that's it's it, it's really it's really great thing to think about like people like persevered through the pandemic and wrote albums and wrote music but it also is this thing of like it definitely doesn't work for a lot of people it doesn't work for a lot of people to like be stuck in your house and i mean that uh, who, who knows like if that was the reason that she ended up calling it a weed album because she was stuck in her house maybe smoking weed i i don't know it's like <laughs> It's like there's there, there's a lot of things to to like look at when it comes to these quarantine albums, but I think that it's they're just most of them just aren't going to be good. <laughs> I think there are there there's like some redeeming qualities to yeah, the album. Yeah. Like I think the song Dominoes is catchy. It's not my favorite of it, but and then also the like is it called Ocean Sound? Like the last uh, uh, oceanic song? feeling. Yeah, oceanic yeah. feeling. That's kind of nice. But I, I agree, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but. I feel like there's this really there there's this seventies resurgence like beach wash like really washed out vibe uh, yeah. coming across in pop music right now and like Saint Vincent is a really big example mm-hmm. of this and I really didn't like that new album and I, I know people are super into it but uh, I think so, I that's mean for that the album thing. I liked it when it came out and I like it less now it feels it, it very feels much very much like oh that was cool that was a fun like fad kind of thing. It, this this feels like that same kind of genre of like this isn't gonna be cool in a couple years. I think John Mayer's new album is very similar to it. I know it's not seventy washed out vibe, but it feels very like reminiscent. Like 
it feels of the same nature where I'm like, this feels very of its moment and it's just not working for me. I think it, it like the like the worst thing I could say about this album is that it's really it's a really good background album. Yeah. Like putting it on while you're just like doing something is really great because it's not it's it, it, it has nothing for you to really latch your ears on. Not nothing, but not a lot where you're like, oh I really want to pay attention to this and Wall listen paper. to this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, I mean especially compared to the last two albums. That's has, the thing. Like nothing in comparison yeah it's like it's it's like melodrama had so much stuff but i was like i just i just want to listen to this like over and over and over again it's really impressive that she tried this i like i full marks for doing that i think what's so weird to me is like the lyrics almost entirely are intrinsically tied towards this like the beauty of nature the album's called solar power and for an album that feels so like non-explorational and it sounds it's just like you don't capture the vibe of like nature of what i feel every time like if i go to colorado like i feel something way different than what this album's giving me and it's so weird i think i think it makes it feel that gap that's there that we're feeling i think it makes it feel so much wider when she's talking about solar power and then like for the whole album it's just like a guitar and her singing and she's like that's weird or I, i think for me it started to die right around um i don't know probably instantly <laughs> no no not at all it, i mean i was definitely questioning it instantly but right around dominoes i was like oh that song doesn't feel finished like no. it didn't feel like she finished it uh same with big star which i think she wrote for her dog her dog that passed away pearl uh leader of a new regime i think that was had potential to be her best song ever but it's only like it's less than two minutes long and it was wonderful and then it just like i couldn't get past the early 2000s throwback thing and the fact that she, I like that she's changing up the way that she's singing, because she doesn't seem to have that diphthong as much. Yeah. But it also kind of frustrates me because I'm like, I wonder if she did that to be more popular. Well, I mean, hearing her on this album, it's like it sounds like a matured voice, but it also doesn't sound like her as much anymore. No. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like this could be an album by like not anyone, but Phoebe it could Bridgers. be just a more generic like kind of album of like you could hand this off. The whole thing, you can just hand it off to like some pop star we've never heard of. Yeah, for all we know. And and the thing is that like her voice is still really good on it, but it's just not the same thing. It's it's it it doesn't have her approach. Doesn't have her. It doesn't have as much of her feeling on it, which is which is very strange. But I mean, I don't know. I I, I think I, I think you should listen to it if you li- especially if you like the other stuff. But um, it's it's it definitely is something that like, you know, I I, I think that this this leads to more of like that pop angle to me than anything else she's ever done because so much of pop isn't designed to be like not so much but like there's a large uh, like section of pop music that isn't like let's sit and listen to this it's let's sit and like put it on in a fucking in in a store or let's let let's play this at the club so everyone can feel something or at a bar it's not meant for us to sit and go this is a great fucking song you know yeah and it just like for me I agree. You should listen to it. Give it a try because I think it will work for some people. And I think what what's so strange to me on this album is I I loved Pure Heroin. I, I was like, that's this is a great album. Melodrama felt like a really low low for me because I was like, I thought this was supposed to be like Pure Heroin times ten, and I just like it was such a low for me that like I, I was just like, ah, this is so weird. And then I got to this. And this is so middling, and that's really what it is. It's so yeah. middling that I have such a hard time. Like, how do I review something that's middling? Because like, I loved Pure Heroin. 
wasn't as uh, enamored with melodrama. And then like, how, how do you talk about something that's so middling that you know is not bad, but it's also just not great. You just, you, you just, it's you so just, weird. Just, just acceptance of just like, it's there. I think, I think this album would be more considered like aggressively. Okay. than yeah. than pure heroin. I think this album and the reviews are not great right now for, for some, no. some, some people are reviewing it well, but most people are giving it meh reviews. So well, I, I especially thought about in like comparison to those other two albums, it's like the, it's not disappointing because that sounds bad, like overly negative. But it's like it could have been something else totally different. It's really hard it for an artist to follow something that people call a pop masterpiece. Yeah, sure. uh, yeah. 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 I think I think that's one level of it too. Is but it's also you know I mean like when you ha- when you do the four year like thing of in between you know you have room to write stuff. But I mean who knows? It just it just is it is weird to have a bummer of an album. I mean that's I, that's I, what I would I was say. One good thing though is that it doesn't feel like she's got like the pressure of I have to make another pop masterpiece because she's clearly doing what she wants to do even if it's not for us. Which she always has done, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, but she does have that weird sort of sense of like, okay, her first two albums were crazy, and I think melodrama was better than the the first one, but this one fell so short for me. And like Hagen, you briefly mentioned it, the fact that she's taken this long between albums, and then to get something like this. I'm hoping that she is okay with it. I hope that she likes it. Yeah, I think I think genuinely that's, that's a big thing is that if, if she's able to do what she wants and and everybody else is all good with it, good, you know, and and especially because it it, it isn't. It's not like it's a bad album. It's just like especially when you put it in comparison to her other two albums, it's like this is just weird. Like you said, I mean, it's just it's 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 this weird spot where it's like I don't know how you talk about this. Imagine the tour for this what is that going to be like playing team and then going straight into stone at the nail salon yeah that's it's so gonna be strange weird. yeah they'll take care of it though yeah I, it's gonna be great i mean there, there's the potential for some of these songs to be like really you better in a live yeah. in a live setting where like maybe we'll you Good know in a, in a year or two we'll be like i don't know it'd be great if they did the whole live thing as the as the album there'd be cool if we got a live album yeah there's a song called mood ring on this that i was i keep bringing up mood rings i was like this is perfect I was on Amazon and I was looking, like, trying to get reviews of, like, which mood rings work. And then I listened to the album. I was like, it's not worth it. I was going to buy us all mood rings to wear during this Dude, whole thing. I thought you did your work super early. And I was like, did you already listen to this? Is that why you brought up mood rings last week? Nope. It just coincidence. Well, and I was like, this is going to align so well. I'm going to buy us all mood rings. We're going to wear them the whole time. Hagen's going to be horny as shit. And <laughs> you know green. me, man. You know me. I'm fucking... But like yeah, listen ready to, the to go. Album, baby. I was just like, okay. I can't do it. It's just like if that's gonna be a bit, it can't be for this one. Yeah, I mean, especially if they all ended up green. <laughs> or just, they have no no color at all left at the end. When we're like, yeah, this it's album just was gray. fine. <laughs> I think we're dead. But I, you know, I applaud the shit out of her for making that yep. bold choice and and Full doing marks. something so complete. It's a complete one eighty for me. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, th- I think that in general, if, if if any listener has only heard the singles of Lord, do yourself a favor and just go listen to at least one of the fucking albums. Absolutely. No matter if it's this one, pure heroin or melodrama, just go just go listen to one album. I e- even if it's this one, even if it's Solar Power, I guarantee that you will want to go listen to more of Lord. And I think it's really important too that if you don't like the stuff on Solar Power, don't let that affect your judgment of the first two records. Artists are creating a discography and hopefully a legacy that they can be proud of for themselves when their career is over. So I don't think we should judge an artist based on one album. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I, I truly think that if you don't like Solar Power, I think that if you like No Royals as a song, then you're going to like be like, well, I know that, it, that that was different. So 
you know, I'll go back and listen to that now. You know, that there's 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 so many layers to this. It's, it, it was just know. weird. I had uh, friends who like I think Stockholm syndrome is too harsh of a, a word to call this or a metaphor, but I, I did have friends who I would say like, hey, you listen to the new Lord. I know you like Lord, and they would tell me like, yeah, I really didn't like Solar Power, like the song, just the song. And I was like, yeah, it's it's weird. I didn't know Lord was like this. And then like I would talk to them a week later, and they'd be like, I'm really trying to like that. Like I think I'm getting into. It. I was like. You don't have to get into it. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I know Lord has been like super consistent, but like it's okay to just not be into this one. Yeah. Yeah. But as I agree with Hagen and everyone, like you should listen to Lord. Uh, I, I would not advocate for you to start with Solar Power, but don't gloss over it. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is going to uh, take us into what we're talking about next week. So, uh, oh, you, what are we talking about next week? You all, you all should know the answer to this one, but, um, we're, we're uh, talking about solar power again, right? Yeah. yeah. We yeah. Sit with it more? Uh, so one last game. Um, where did Lord write most of melodrama? Does anyone know before I give the answers? You know? Okay, so you can go last. I'm yeah, the one so. who suggested this. <laughs> so uh, was it A, in Taylor Swift's house? B, at home in New Zealand? C, at Jack Antonoff and Lena Dunham's house? Or D, in the studio? I think I know the answer now, so I'm going to have Dave go first. In the studio. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> studio of these nuts. <laughs> I was going to say C. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at Jack Antonoff and Lena Dunham's house, which will lead us into next week. We're going to be talking about, finally, some conspiracy theories. And uh, this one has to do with Lord and Jack Antonoff and Donald Trump. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's crazy. Like all good podcasts, we're going to become a conspiracy podcast. <laughs> Yeah, and then eventually we'll just be a straight true crime podcast. That'll be great. Yeah, and then we'll get picked up by Spotify, and we'll all be rich. Right? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I love these ideas. Dude, dude. No, it's not an idea. It's a plan. That's why we call him the Idea Man. Yeah. No, Adam his name's idea Adam. Man. Oh. Album the Idea Man. <laughs> Nobody knew this. It's not Idea Man, it's Adam. <laughs> idea Man Mazel. Idea Man All right. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? Nope. Good cool. Lord. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to say that the whole episode and it didn't feel right. So, really, like, does it feel, does it feel right it now? Feel no, right. it still yeah. didn't feel right. Great. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I hope that you all go and listen to Lord yourself and enjoy Lord. Um, fuck, I just totally froze. My brain just was Dunsky's. Like, hey, you're okay. comment, subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can review in the app. It really does help. Give us five stars. Yep. It's good. They got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing bonus episodes. Uh, you know, if you have any wild out of left field ideas, let us know. We got an email. Uh, it's something at don't feedback feedback something at don't feed the artist dot com. By the way, if you don't know this, anytime we fuck this up, Adam goes and registers the thing we fucked up. So <laughs> fight a, at don't feed yeah, the artist. We're not, those don't like cost us money or anything. But yeah. the the multiple like domains. Back when we first started the show, when Andy was on here, it was like dfdapod.com or something like that. I forget what it was. <laughs> Podcasts.com. So we have that. Uh, so if you want to go find us, you can find us at dfdapodcast.com. <laughs> but as always, thank you for listening and fuck off. Give me, give me, give me this towel. <laughs> I think we broke Hagen. Yeah.